Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in John 16, but before we start with the reading, let's go ahead and open with a word of prayer. Father God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would guide this time, that you would speak to us. It would be your message. It would be your insights and your wisdom that would be shared. I just pray that you would open our hearts and our spirits and our minds and that we would understand on a spiritual level, on a personal level, truly what you want us to hear and understand, that we would be receptive vessels and allow you to communicate to, to guide us, to counsel us as we move forward and through this. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So there's a couple things here that I wanted to go over. And one first thing I wanted to say is, you know, there's a lot of you who um, have been following through for quite some time. A few of you have been with me through this entire journey. And for that, I'm incredibly grateful and humbled. And so I just want to say thank you. And also, I hope that you're being blessed by this and that you're experiencing some growth and or lots of growth and that you're it's, it's a good time for you. It's a good learning and that your your journey is progressing well, because ultimately, at the end of the day, it's all about growing closer to God and understanding him more completely and following in his footsteps and living a life that brings him honor. So with that, I'm going to go and uh, I think we're going to start with a quick reading of a paragraph or two of of um, Charles Spurgeon. He's actually talking about the the very last verse in this chapter, but I think it's it's important for us to hear at the beginning. And he writes, the believer is in two places and he lives two lives. In the text there are two places spoken of, in me and in the world. The saint's noble life is hid with Christ in God. This is his new life, his spiritual life, his incorruptible life, his everlasting life. Rejoice, beloved, if you are in Christ and enjoy the privilege which belongs to that condition, that in me you might have peace. Do not be satisfied without it. It is your right through your relationship with the Prince of Peace. Because you are in Christ, your life of lives is always safe and should be always restful. Your greatest interests are all secure, for they are guaranteed by the covenant of which Christ is the surety. Your treasure, your eternal portion, is laid up with him in heaven, where neither rust nor robber can enter. Therefore, be of good cheer, be restful and happy. For you are in Christ, and he has said, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. So ultimately, at the, what he's saying is, we have two lives we live. One is the physical and one is the spiritual. The spiritual one is the one we have in Christ. And that one is secured. That one is the one that our treasures are, are held in eternal, up in eternity. It's It can never be stolen. We are in Christ and he has given us peace. So on a spiritual level, we need to recognize that. And that gets back to some of the topics and conversations that we've had earlier that I've thought about, just about, you know, how am I really focusing my life? Am I worried about the physical or am I worried about and thinking about the 
eternal and the spiritual? And do I allow the physical, do I allow Satan to control the physical, which brings me down and upsets me and quiets me so that I don't have God on the throne and I'm not worshiping him and I'm not living for him because instead I'm wrapped up in the physical and the worldly. It's a big, you know, big concept for me. It's something I'm trying to come to grips with. A couple other things I think about is, you know, Christ in that, in that, um, verse tells us, um, to be of good cheer. It reminds me also of when he said to us in verse 14, do not let your hearts be troubled. It's basically a command. It's also a choice. That's the way I see it is I have to tell myself on a regular basis, you know, do the checkup from the neck up to make sure my attitude's right. My attitude's right and where it should be because I'm focused on the right things. Again, which is what this journey's about, this daily reading. So one last thing I'm going to think about or I'm going to talk about just real quick, and I'm trying not, I'm I'm really trying not to pretend I'm a preacher or I have wisdom. I don't. This is just the things that are coming to me as I pray and I write them down occasionally and then I talk about it and share it with you because it's what I'm, how I'm, I think I'm growing. At least I hope I'm growing. And one of the things I think about and often is I think I say to myself, if only Jesus were here, then I'd really believe, right? <laughs> Nothing could stop my faith. If I just had Jesus right there and I could touch him and talk to him for a minute, man, my faith would be unstoppable. And then I realize I'm being a Philip, right? Where he says in verse 14, uh, when Jesus is talking about the father, I mean, in chapter 14, verse eight, he says, Lord, show us the father and that will be enough for us. And Jesus says, don't you know me, Philip? Right. And so I'm, I just sit there and I go, Oh, I'm good. If only Jesus was right here, I'd be such a better Christian. I'd have so much more faith. And I'm being a Philip because at the end of the end of this or in the middle of this chapter, it says, Jesus tells us it's better for us, for him to leave us so that the Holy Spirit might come because the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's our teacher, counselor, and he loves us too. So without, so it's better that Jesus leaves and gives us the spirit and that third being in the Trinity so that he's here with us, embedded in us, living in us and comforting us and teaching us that it's better. So for when I sit there and I'm a Philip, I'm not listening to my spiritual, my, my spirit. I'm listening to my physical and I'm focusing on that physical element within my life instead of really understanding that it's way better for me that Jesus ascended and went away, went up to heaven to be with the father. And I now have a better gift and that's the Holy Spirit. So with all that said, let's go ahead and get started. Verse one, all this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. 
None of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the, prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment about sin. Because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. So, real quick thought. I just think about how Christ says they're going to persecute you because you are of me. And the world hates what Christ is, is showing it. It's showing that they're sinful, right? And so if you think about it, and if I think about it for, for myself, one of the things that I was pondering is I'm much more likely to, um, like say take Instagram, right? I'll thumb through a million fishing pictures. And I'll look at all these guys catching fish and look at all the reels of them and everything else. And I'll spend a ridiculous amount of time of wasting my day doing something like that. But then if I were to look at someone else that I truly respect, I like Tim Tebow, totally respect the guy. He's a really good Christian. He is kind of the modern day um, Mother Teresa. He saves children in the sex trafficking. He builds hospitals in the poorest of the poor areas. He truly has a heart for God and his, pil- and his people and his children, especially those l- less fortunate. And yet, I'll, I'll only spend a little bit reading his text or his post or th- scrolling through his pictures. And part of it is because I feel inadequate because he's so good. But also it's like, well, you know, it's not as exciting as the fish jumping. And I think back on when he played football. Here's a guy who won national championships in college. He was All-American, great person, didn't steal, cheat, beat people up or anything. And then he went into the National Football League, and he caught so much crap and grief all the time. Yet he still led the Broncos, not a very good team at that, to the Super Bowl. And performed really well. But people hated him. Why did they hate him? Because he kneel, he took a knee and prayed before a game, after a game. They hated him because who he was, because he was part of Christ. He was demonstrating Christ's love and who he was in Christ. Yet they hated him. Flip it over to the other side. Colin Kaepernick. Pretty mediocre quarterback. Doesn't have the pedigree. Did okay in the pros for a while. But when he took a knee, he was revered. Why? Because he's pointing out, and he's not pointing out the sin of the people. Instead, he has a cause. And he was a celebrity for it. Way different situation. And I just think about that. If you're going to be part of Christ, you're going to be persecuted by this world. So it really comes down to where are we focused? Verse 12, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me 
because it is me, from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Verse 16, Jesus went on to say, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me. At this, some of the disciples said to one another, What does this mean? What does he mean by saying, In a little while you will see me, and no more, and then in a little while you'll see me? And because I'm going to the Father. They kept asking, What does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he is saying. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this. So he said to them, You are asking one another what I meant when I said, In a little while you will see me no more. And then after a little while you will see me. Very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. Obviously at the, resurre- at the uh, crucifixion. You will grieve, but your, your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because, of her time, because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again. And you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. In that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. So we don't, Jesus isn't even our mediator to God. We have a direct line to God. We don't have to ask a priest to pray for us. We don't have to pray to a saint. We speak directly to to God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. Then Jesus' disciples said, Now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Again, I feel like them. I I sit there and I, I bonk my head thinking, Now? Only now you think he's from God? I mean, come on, guys. But then at the same time, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm Philip. I'm one of these guys. I'm dense, too, at times. I'm extremely blind to the spiritual. I'm extremely blind even to what he's saying. Do you now believe, Jesus replied, a time is coming and, in fact, has come when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Don't let your heart be troubled. Our spiritual lives, our spirits, are what we need to focus on. Easier said than done. I totally hear you and get it. And, uh, but that's what he's telling us. Focus on what really matters. And with that, let's close with prayer. Father, I thank you for Jesus dying on that cross, for giving us his words, and for your Holy Spirit dwelling in us to counsel us, 
teach us, comfort us. And I thank you that we have your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that we have you dwelling in us. And I just pray that we would listen to you and that you would cleanse our hearts and our minds. Where we've got impure thoughts, where we've got anger, where we have concerns and stress and actions that aren't benefiting to you or glorifying to you, I just pray you would cleanse us of those and that you would use us fully to your purpose. May we be so in tune with you, Lord, that the world doesn't like us. I just pray that you'd be honored and glorified by all that we do and that we'd be a light to others, that we lift you up and then in the process lift them up. May our hearts be kind, our words be gentle. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.